Hey guys, welcome to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. I'm going to be your host for this episode that I'm going to do with Mike Lover. But before we get to that, I'm joined by Ricky and we want to talk to you about some of the sponsors that make this Fieldcraft Survival Podcast completely possible and they make it you know, available to you. So the first sponsor I want to bring up is Triarch Systems. If you've been listening to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast, you know that Triarch, these are our guys. These are the guys that make our really, really reliable firearms even better. Uh, Ricky, you just got a Glock 48, didn't you? Yes, I did. Are you planning on having any customization done? Um, I'm thinking about possibly getting a red dot. Nice. But that's because you've talked me into it a little bit. Yeah, but it's, a, I'm it's not a game sure changer. Yet. Well, I'm going to recommend, obviously, when it's time for that, that you go to Triarch. I'm sure there are people that are listening that are just like you. Maybe they just got a handgun. They want to make it a little bit better. Maybe they want a better rifle that's going to be customized. The folks at Triarch, they do it all, right? You can do custom builds. And if you go to their website, www.triarchsystems.com, and you use the coupon code FIELDCRAFT, that will get you 5% off. And as we all know, discounts are better than paying full price. Not a big fan of paying full price. How about you, Ricky? Oh, never. Yeah. Now, Ricky, you've got a... A pretty badass rig mm-hmm. um, you've got a nice rooftop tent on it and I know you're building it out have you thought about auxiliary lighting I haven't yet I'm trying to dig my heels into a little bit of things at a time just trying to figure out what I want to do but I'm I'm ready to hear some more about that all right well if you are gonna look at auxiliary lighting because we know that if you're overlanding or off-roading you can't have enough light you got to go with Casey highlights um, I'm sure you recall remember watching the movie back to the future you always bring up movies. I uh, always just keep going. Up. Keep going. Yeah. Let me know. All right. Probably everyone that's listening remembers Back to the Future. Marty <laughs> I do Mc... remember it, though, for the record. Yeah, but do you remember the truck he gets at the end? No, you probably don't. It had Casey Highlights on it. It was the truck <laughs> every little kid wanted when I was a kid watching that movie. Casey Highlights are essentially the industry standard. Uh, I mean, you can put a light bar on your roof. You can put it on your bumper. You can use the lights uh, as your for backing up. KC Highlights pretty much has you covered. If you go to their website, www.kchighlights.com, use the coupon code FIELDCRAFT, you get 10% off. Woo. So, Ricky, I know that uh, that'll definitely help you. You, oh, know, yeah. you can use I'm that ready. extra 10% to pay for your gas bill. I, I'm logging on right now to check it out. All right. Now, I know you've got your rooftop tent. But there may come a time where you're not going to have the ability to pull up your vehicle and set up your shelter. You might need to have a little bit more of a portable option. And I know you're a backpacker, right? You've done mm-hmm. a few backpacking trips. Yeah. Are you much of a hammock camper? I did have one a while ago. I don't know where it ended up when I moved, but I do. Ha- I did have one. Well, this is the perfect opportunity for you to check out Haven Tents. Their website is haventents.com. Haven Tents, we've got them in the pro shop uh, here in Heber City, and their tents are pretty cool. They're modular. They use spreader bars, so you're not feeling like your chest is caved in like a taco. They're actually really comfortable to sleep in. We set one up at Media Day, and in between uh, takes, you know, a bunch of the folks here at Fieldcraft, we we jumped inside and, and caught some Zs. Everybody at once? No. It, how many no. people does it hold? Uh, it, it, probably, like it, it probably could hold one everybody. portly gentleman and maybe a couple if they happen to be <laughs> fit um, and close and they don't want to elbow each other because, you know, that's how spooning usually ends up. Oh. Um, but if you go to uh, coupon code FIELDCRAFT, if you use coupon code FIELDCRAFT, you will get $20 off the bundle. So 
I don't want to take up any more of your time, folks. I know you're probably interested in this podcast. In it, I get a chance to sit down with our boss, our friend, uh, both Ricky and I, we, we work for him, Mr. Mike Lover, CEO of Fieldcraft Survival. And we get a chance to talk about the upcoming 72-hour Ziploc bag challenge that I'm participating in. And uh, yeah, I think you guys are going to find it very interesting. Ricky, what are the chances we could get you to live off the land with a Ziploc bag? For how long? 72 hours. Uh, well, let's, let's do 48. Okay. Well, and we'll work up to that. As you guys will find out, we are working up to that. <laughs> Pay attention. Look for our posts. There will be a 48-hour Ziploc bag experience, a survival challenge that we'll be posting very, very soon. But Throw for now, in. I'll do that one. Awesome. You guys will get a chance to meet Ricky and the rest of the crew here. Guys, for now, check out this podcast and let us know what you think. Kevin Estella. Mike Glover, what a what a day, man! You know, it, it's an interesting day. Um, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you some interesting, exciting news. I was looking back at the text messages that we've had over the year, and it is at the date of this recording, it's been exactly one year since you offered me the position really? to come out here. Yeah, it was on oh. my it was on my sister's birthday, and I, I still remember oh. that day as clear as day. I woke up, I got a text message from you, and you're like, "Hey, call me," and we talked, and you're like, "I want you to come out here. I want you to stand up the survival side," and I was like okay and then i didn't sleep for like three days straight wow. and then uh, i came out in august and yeah it's been, it's been a crazy year since then so uh, your your sister's happy birthday to to your sister yeah, Wendy. yeah. um I, I sent her a message today yeah i saw that she posted it um but her private she has an account that's mm -hmm. private that's good um that was a year to go a year ago today i was already here right I don't think so because we were when I came out to visit you guys. It was in Arizona. Oh, I wasn't. Yeah, I was in AZ. Right. This is we we didn't make the move here till September, right? Yeah, it was it was August September. I was trying to figure yeah. out the timeline. It was August September time frame. Yep. It might have been it might have been like the end of July where we looked at pushing. I got to look at my pictures and 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 look at it because I don't. I was trying to figure it out um, this morning, and I'm like, dude, when were we here? I feel like I've been here 10 years. <laughs> I know, I know. And I don't know if it's because we've expanded to multiple buildings here and we have multiple classrooms to accommodate everything from from overlanding to navigation to med. Like we have so much going on here. It feels like, or the outsider looking in would say, damn, these guys have been here for a long time. Yeah, but yeah, yeah less than a year. <laughs> Dude, you know, it's uh, the in, in the context of what we were talking about, like what a, what a day. It's business, man. Mm -hmm. and, and the the one thing that's interesting about my company is most of my guys, including Kevin, are intimately involved in business practice. So it's not like a, it's not like a, I don't know if small business really does that at all. I think because it's, most businesses have a, a, a specific job where that person's duties and responsibilities are are obscured from the business and the in-depth analysis of that business because they have to do the job. Swim lane. Yes, yep. you, you make the shirt, you put together the thing, the widget, you work mm -hmm. on the car. But in this, it's almost like all of you guys, including um, Katie and Austin, are, are like your own entrepreneurs. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, last night I was talking to Donald Trump Jr. on on Instagram, which we're trying to get him on the podcast. So if you guys wanna you know, message him and be like, hey, definitely get on there yeah, do that yeah. uh, that was just last night this morning I was talking to a knife maker uh, sketching knife designs for a, a couple collaborations we got going and then on top of that building out instructors for different things that we're doing here and I mean it's not like we do one thing. I mean, when, when you hired me, you were like, yeah, I want you to come out and teach survival skills. I'm like, man, that's going to be awesome. Survival <laughs> skills only. <laughs> like for the rest of my life, that's so cool. And then, you know, it's funny. Uh, 
you know, I got out here and you're like, okay, I want you to also, you know, lead up the, the medical thing and the overlanding thing. And I was like, man, this is, is going to be a lot of work. Uh, but as Kevin Owens said it, you know, uh, not too long ago, he said he came out there to teach long range. The next, you know, for a while he was, he was standing up the company and yeah. then now he's over on the East coast. So it's one thing you have to be flexible. You have to be able to bend a little bit. And you know, that's something that the company kind of teaches you. It's, it's in our culture that you have, yeah. to, have to be flexible. Well, I think partially too is like when I think about uh, Ricky, for example, when you take a person like Ricky or yourself or Kevin mm -hmm. Owens, you have so much talent. And so the alternative in a traditional company where you task organize it in traditional roles, you go, I need to hire the HR rep, the CFO, and they, and that comes with like a vertical academic experience mm -hmm. and, and experience. And then you put them in that traditional role. But the reality is when you have internal talent and you see somebody, you go, it's like in a family, you go, man, that dude has all the capability. Um, he's part of the family. Why am I going to make him? Why, why can't he just be this way? Because he's a trusted agent. Like he's, right. he's the person you could depend on instead of what I think is one of the hardest things to do is hire people because you're trying to find the right person. And then in a few cases that we've known in the last couple of years, that turns out to not to be the truth. And then you realize like, okay, this isn't going to work. And then you, and it's like investing in a relationship. You wasted all that time mm -hmm. when you could have been focused on something else more substantial. Yeah. I think I look at it almost as part of our, our pillar of preparedness, a community, right? Like obviously we, we gave a shout out to my sister for her birthday. She does some, some legal work here and there for us. Um, we look at our media team, right? We have Nick Roush, who's a crazy talented photographer. And now his girlfriend, she is participating in some like the female preparedness, female backpacking component that we're pushing. So it's all about the networking. It's all about the different connections that we have within our small community. And often you don't have to look beyond that community to find the best person for the job. So, uh, I think it's, I think we're ultimately going to find more people with more seminars. And it's always great when folks come up to us and say, Hey, I would love to work for you. By the way, I have this skill set, and I would be lying if I said that we never hired anyone who came up and said, by the way, I can do X, Y, or Z. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Sometimes it'll work. Many times it won't, but you'll, you'll never, you'll never know if you don't ask us. Yeah. So. I, I, I like that culture. I also like the culture, you know, where the people that we bring on board, it's super high quality, uh, a, a great standard of family unit. Cause I feel like mm -hmm. we are very uh, close knit and we grow and scale the business with retaining what that is. Right. I, I don't like, Man, I mean, you could throw people at problems, but a lot of problems now can be automated. Mm -hmm. So if you get the right people, they could manage multiple automations and multiple processes. And then you just put better people, you, you incentivize the people that already are there to be better paid, better taken care of, whatever that incentive is, instead of just going, hey, we, you know, this segment, we need somebody to do this specific job. Instead, we're wearing, man, I think I'm wearing a thousand hats. Yeah, like you I, are. I mean, which I enjoy um, to an extent, but it's like, it's the way the culture is. Yeah. And you know, this job isn't just a job. It becomes the lifestyle. Yeah. Um, you know, people were asking me, they're like, well, what has been the, the greatest change from teaching in a public high school to teaching at Fieldcraft Survival? And I said, well, number one, I enjoy every minute of every single day that I work here. I, I, I value it greatly because you know, it's something that I'm, I'm super passionate about and there's none of the, the nonsense, none of the red tape 
to get something done. There's no crazy process. It's, Hey Mike, I want to do this. Roger that go for it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's fantastic. And the other thing is, is, you know, a lot of the coworkers that I have here, like George Bell, for example, if I were to say to George at two o'clock in the morning, Hey George, uh, my house burnt down. I need your help. He'd be there at two Oh five. And that's something I can say about a lot of the folks here is that you know, the job ends at five for a lot of us, but it never really ends. Cause you know, I'm taking text messages from you last night. I'm taking text messages from DD. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, I, and I never feel like it's, it's really work at that point. It's just like a reminder of, Hey, this is the lifestyle. This is what the mission that we're all in on together. And yeah, it's a, it, it's a, it's a collective struggle that we're all, we're all learning about as this company grows. So. I, I, I love it, man. What is, let's talk about the, the, you have an up and coming Alaska trip, right? We have that trip coming up. That's going to be Julian, myself, and then Greg, one of our students who's come on a lot of different things. He was on the, the breakout class. Uh, the four of us are going to Alaska. We're actually going to podcast the guy that survived a grizzly attack named Dan so Bigley. Awesome. Yeah. Who, after he got attacked by a grizzly, he ended up marrying the woman of his dreams. He got an MBA, uh, guest speaker all over the place, and he's gotten back into fishing completely blind, completely. So we're going to podcast him. We're going to wait, actually blind or completely blind into podcasting that, that freaking grizzly bear, according to his book. And I won't give everything away because you should read the book beyond the bear. It's badass. Uh, the grizzly bear was standing over the top of him, turned its head sideways and crunched down over his eyes. The last thing he said he saw was a brilliant blue, completely blind completely completely blind um so he saw that brilliant blue as his vision was taken yes wow yeah it's a wild story and on top of it he explains how he had to learn how to read braille how he got a seeing eye dog and there's all sorts of stuff in that book that when you're listening to it you're like man my life doesn't suck yeah you know when you everything is relative and when you think that you've got it bad there's always someone that has it worse i don't care who you are complain all you want there's someone who's got it worse so Dan Bigley, we're gonna podcast him. We're gonna go hang out with the Alaskan guides uh, who make a living off of the natural resources. We're gonna show the whole uh, process of, of harvesting fish off off the, off the rivers. And then on top of that, we're going to uh, talk to the family of a Navy SEAL that died in a training accident, who they're actually the owners of the lodge and they're going to tell us all about how you know his vision was to move to Alaska and yeah. and start this. So it, it's gonna it's gonna be a jam packed. I think we're up there for four or five days. So but awesome! Every day is gonna be it's a work day. Like there's yeah. no there's no way around it. There's no sightseeing. Um, so there's yeah, gotta we, be a little we, bit of sightseeing. There, there, there will. I mean, trust me. I'm going to hate every minute of fishing. <laughs> Trust me, I will hate every minute. Get good of pictures at least. I will bring it back and we'll do a crazy, crazy cookout for everyone here. Who's, who's going Who's going with you? It's Austin, Julian, and Greg. And Greg. And then you. And myself, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. yeah. We, we call him Handsome Greg. Um, that's going to be exciting, man. I, I, I love Greg. I, I love the fact that, um, I mean, Julian's like uh, one of the best media guys on the planet. And then... Austin is like your your permanent medic, right? Yes, he's, he is. He's like a paramedic. Yeah. If anything happens, it's like the A teams going out to uh, go on a trip. Um, so let's take it back, maybe a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. We're we're sitting in an office. We're doing a we're we're having a meeting, a company meeting, and we're uh, brainstorming ideas for this idea of a seventy two hour challenge. <laughs> yeah. And um, I I had I, it's not that I had this idea. I actually went through a, a CIA course. Well, they did this to us. They took a you know a Ziploc bag, and they gave it to us full of items. And the, they were actually uh, very good pieces of equipment, including like a pencil headlamp, a right in the rain notebook, a, a golf pencil, like all the standard stuff we sell in our Philcraft survival kit. 
but it, it's the staples of like, hey, this is what you at a at a base level need in order mm-hmm. to survive a seventy two hour window. A seventy two hour window, by the way, it, it derives from a military tactic that is based in survival understanding. Yes, because um, I, I I know this because all the survival schools I went through for the Air Force. That's the period of time that they set for aviators, even back in the day, of how many days that they could survive um, in an austere environment with minimalist type equipment. And and for us in reconnaissance, it's also the amount of equipment that we can carry on our person before we start getting extended or, mm-hmm. or overloaded. So it's a 72 hour bug out. And we looked at a Ziploc bag and uh, Kevin Stella tried to uh, use one of these massive hefty bags, these black trash bags. Hey, if you're not cheating in this case, you're not trying hard enough. And we brought out a dime bag. We're like, no, man, it's got to be a small dime bag. And we we settled on a, a standard Ziploc. Uh, quart size. Quart size yeah. sandwich bag, essentially. A big sandwich. And, and said, you have to survive for 72 hours. We'll live record it. Um, or not live record it. We'll, re- we'll record it. We'll document it. And then we'll have intermittent... Um, times that we come in, do a live feed, do all kinds of cool stuff. And you have to do it near Spanish Fork, which is an austere, high desert, uh, pretty hot environment. Yeah. And you have to do it on your own. Hey guys, this is Kevin Estella. I'm just going to interrupt this podcast just for a minute to bring up one of our sponsors that makes this podcast very very possible for you guys to listen to. Um, This is one that, Ricky, I know that you've tried this drink supplement over at HQ. Remember drinking the Element, the salt supplement? Yes. What do you think of it? It's a little salty, but it's good. It, I put it in my uh, water bottle a few times that week, and I did notice a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, But I keep forgetting to go back over there and get more. Yeah, and when Ricky says it's a little bit salty, you have to understand when you are doing high aerobic activity, when you are pushing, Mm -hmm. when you are grinding, you're going to be losing a lot of salt. The folks over at Element, what they do is they combine not just salt, but, you know, certain nutrients and it helps you absorb it into your system and it helps you multiply water's ability to be absorbed in your system. So you stay hydrated longer. Uh, Element is a drink mix that's taking over the world and you can get essential electrolytes, valuable uh, nutrition from it. And it will help you fight the keto flu, which you've done the keto diet. Yep, I'm doing it right now. Yeah, and you've dropped a bunch. Congratulations. Yep, thanks. Um, yeah, so even the, the Element drinks, they have really great flavors. Like they have a citrus, they have a lime. The lime with a little bit of salt in there honestly kind of tastes like a margarita. margarita. It's really yes, good. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, I would not recommend adding alcohol to that if you're trying to hydrate because <laughs> that will probably dehydrate you a bit. Um, but Element has zero sugar, no artificial ingredients, no artificial coloring. Um, lots of professional athletes use them from the NBA, the NFL, Olympic weightlifting team, Navy SEALs, all sorts of folks. What we have for you is an opportunity to try Element and you can do it for free. If you use our link, which is uh, drinklmnt.com forward slash fieldcraft, you will get a free sample pack and you just have to pay for shipping. Um, I really like this stuff. I think it's incredible. I used it a couple weekends ago on a martial arts seminar. We were sweating our cojones <laughs> off and it really, really did help with making sure that we stayed hydrated, um, you know, even though we were beating each other with sticks and whatnot. So they come in the little individual packs too. Yeah. So you can keep them in your bag. You can keep them in your car. They're super convenient and they 
sometimes you just don't want to drink just plain water and it's so good yeah and that's the other thing too like when you guys are out backpacking you can take those individual mm -hmm. packets you can bring them with you on the trail it's not like you have to repackage something from a bulk container and here's the best thing guys element has a no bs customer service policy uh we've been using it for a while we like it we think you should check it out so please check, check out element uh, the website again is drinklmnt.com forward slash fieldcraft and uh, check out the free sample. I think you're going to like it. Check it out. 99 degrees is going to be Tuesday uh, when the challenge starts. Oh, yeah. Is it? Yeah. 99 degrees. Uh, we're starting at 0700. And the reason I wanted to start at 07 is because I wanted to be able to wake up on that final day and just have a couple hours, right? Like I'm probably going to be up like at my usual 4.30, 4 o'clock, just knowing that it's going to be over. Um, but I want to be able to wake up and know that at seven o'clock I'm done. I can go crush, you know, uh, in and out burger, a nice four by four, you know, but, uh, yeah, that's going to be, I think 99 degrees on Tuesday and it's not supposed to, the mercury is not supposed to drop much below that. It's going to be at least 95 every single day with very little cloud cover. Um, I've got an idea of where this is all going to take place. I have an idea of some of the stuff that I can utilize, but that's it. It's just that Ziploc bag. I cannot bring the Ziploc bag plus the contents of my, my normal pockets. I can't bring a metal canteen. I, it's that in the clothes on my back. Right. And I'm not gaming this. Like I'm not going out there and I mean, I know there's going to be naysayers. There's always haters and you know, they can, you know <laughs> what, um, but there's gonna be people that are gonna be like, oh, he's gonna go out there and stage stuff. And it's like, no, there's gonna be cameras there the whole time. And, you know, I'm doing this, you know, and I haven't said this yet uh, on any of the posts, I'm doing this in honor of my mentor that passed away last year. So would I wanna dishonor him? Hell no. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do this the way that he would want me to do it. And I'm gonna have my ass kicked probably by, by high desert since I'm like a Northern woods guy, but there's going to be a lot of learning in the process. And that's going to be relayed to the students and all the courses because they often say, well, what can I do to survive? And if you're not constantly practicing, honing, testing your ability, you can't honestly say that you still have those abilities. It's like the guy that is the, the track star in high school, 30 years later says, well, you know, I, I used to be able to run a five minute mile. Well, that was 30 years ago. What can you do now? So it's always about constantly assessing, constantly testing and, and evolving. And it's never a, here's the best, the final solution. It's here's the next best thing. Here's the, the, a better option. And the process is, is a continual practice. Yeah. There's a, there's, so there's a baseline, right? Like mm. a staples. And then there's the environmental factors. Let's talk about a little bit about the baseline. You got it. You, you have a, a, a deep understanding of the minimalist type of equipment mm -hmm. you have to carry in survival. What are some of those things that you chose? All right. So I'm going to ground this all in the rule of threes. Okay. So as you mentioned, 72 hours, there's three days, right? Most emergencies are resolved within 72 hours. Either you're rescued or not rescued, you die, right? So 72 hours, that's a, a rule of three. One of the rules of three is three minutes surviving without oxygenated blood going through your body. Recently, the entire Fieldcraft staff got CPR certified in-house by Jerry, one of our instructors. Shout out to you, brother. Thanks for doing that. Um, I have some uh, you know, things with me in terms of like, uh, you know, pain pills and whatnot, like ibuprofen, things like that. Um, you know, I don't have any allergies. I don't have any, you know, high blood pressure pills that I have to take. So I, instead of taking those pills that would keep the, the blood going through my, my brain for the three minutes that's required, I'm just bringing stuff for minor inconveniences, right? Uh, breaking fevers and so forth. 
then you ha- you can live three days, of, I'm sorry, three hours exposed to the elements. Well, in my emergency kit, in that Ziploc bag, I've got an emergency blanket, which I'm gonna use to create a shade structure, right? Inside a shade, you're gonna be 15 to, 50, uh, 15 to 20 degrees cooler than direct sunlight. I know that there are uh, willow bushes there or willow trees. I know that there are junipers there. Maybe I'll be able to get by utilizing existing shade structure and I can save that resource for something more pressing. You can survive three days without water. I'm going water heavy on this in that I'm bringing a Fieldcraft uh, expandable bladder. That's what we carry in our, our survival kit here. But I've also got a couple Reynolds oven bags, which are high heat resistant and they're massive. They can hold, you know, three or four gallons of water easily. So I'm planning on using the small uh, Fieldcraft bladder to measure water to put in the Reynolds oven bags to then treat with uh, aqua tabs. And then that way I can, I'm planning on eventually making like a larger bladder that I can go to and I can siphon water from it. And that's that's what I'm going to use. So that way I don't have to worry about constantly working off of like a, a one quart bag. And then the, uh, the other rule of three is, Hey, you can survive three weeks without food. I know that I can do 72 hours without food, but I also know that Marty, my, my late mentor instilled in me a lot of edible plant knowledge. So I'm going to be looking for edible plants on the landscape. I know there's dock, both curly dock and broadleaf dock. I know there's pine on there. I know that there is uh, sheep sorrel. I know that there is plantain. I know that there's dandelion. I know that there's pigweed. Uh, so I am basically going to be subsisting off of as many plants as possible, I'm going to look like one of the cows that's probably grazing out there. Yeah. Um, Is that for vitamin, vitamins and minerals yes. uh, yeah. versus the calories, which it's not a crap ton of calories, obviously. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not, and you have to eat a lot. I mean, I'm probably going to shit like a salad shooter, but you know, yeah. it's going to get me through. And, and quite honestly, like a lot of people put so much emphasis in food, right? Like we talk about emotional food versus logical food. Like some things just feel good when you eat them. Like mm. you give me a crumbled cookie from across the parking lot. Oh, and yeah. Will, by the way, that is going to be waiting for me. Ooh, a yeah. whole freaking box of them. I'll, so wait, wait, when do you come out of the field? So you come out Friday of Friday morning at 7 a.m. Friday morning, 7 a.m. Oh, I'll be there live. Oh, I'll hell be yeah. there live. Like uh, we rendezvous in here. I could. Let's yeah. rendezvous here with a podcast. Okay, done. Right when you come back. So, because yeah. I want to hear. I mean, by t- we'll get uh, we'll get the guys to post this up soon. Yeah, you got it. So that way we could, this is part one, and then we'll do part two. Would be that. So yeah. yeah, sorry, keep going. Yeah. So so I mean, I don't. We have certain foods that we eat that we we take pleasure in eating, right? Like especially if if you're putting garnish on a plate, you're doing it because you're a visual eater and you're an emotional eater, right? I, and, and I get it. I'm the type of guy that if I'm grilling, like if I'm doing like a nice venison backstrap or something like that, it's not making it to the plate. Like I might let it rest a little bit, but it's not making it in the house because I'm going to eat the thing on the way in. Yeah, I'm also a believer, like with a backpacking background and you know just being practical. Sometimes you just got to choke down calories. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter what it tastes like. Just get it in your system and forget about it. Like it's it's part of a process. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to make you feel good. You yeah. know what I mean? Like just do it. So uh, that's what all those plants are going to serve to do. It's just going to get my mind off of that. And I am bringing things like little coffee packets. I probably will do it like you know, animal style and just pour them raw into my mouth and swish some water in there. It's, and even though it is a diuretic, right, it could make me sweat more. I'm going to have, I, I need that in my daily routine and it's also an appetite suppressant. So there's a, there's logic behind it. Um, and I'll be able to get through the 72 hours. What does, what, what does the behavior look like? I, like I was, when I went to survival school and we were uh, evading yeah. and they were, we were being chased. I had a tactic of moving to shade and mm. hiding. And people were like, no, we got to continue to move. I'm like, listen, we don't know how far they are. 
if we expend all this energy, we're going to be worthless. Sure. We have to sustain. I mean, it was hot. It was North Carolina. It was humid. What does it look like when you're surviving? You, so what you got to do is you have to stick to a schedule, right? You got to stick to a routine. And this is something that like my dad instilled this in me, be regimented. Right. And what I mean by that is like, my dad is, is 82 years old. He still wakes up every freaking morning and he does push-ups in his underwear. Right. It's just part of his routine. He looks forward to doing that every single day. My mom does not look forward to seeing that every single day. So like my plan, I'm already gaming it in my head. Like, all right, what I'm going to do is from the hottest points in the day, I'm going to pass the hell out. I'm going to sleep during the hottest points of the day because I don't want to be out and about basically becoming a raisin. I will fish in the morning. If I, if I find creeks, I will uh, build tools and, 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 different camp structures and whatnot uh, in the afternoon, but I don't want to expend energy during the daytime. So I'm going to, when I wake up, I'm going to police up the camp. I'm going to church up the camp. I'm going to make sure that I have all my, my supplies in order. Um, every day I'm going to do essentially like an inventory and I'm going to repair what needs to get repaired. Cause inevitably stuff that I'm carrying in a Ziploc bag can't be as durable as the stuff that I would carry like in a, in a day pack. So, uh, a lot of it is just going to be taking inventory of what I have. It's going to be sizing up what I need to do. It's going to be doing these little routines and it's going to keep my mind occupied as opposed to that downtime where, I mean, trust me, it's going to get boring as hell at points. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure at some point, Austin and Julian, those guys are going to come by and they're going to ask me questions. And maybe that will help break up the, the monotony of just sitting around in heat. Um, because honestly, like your mind can be a prison, right? If, if you're just left to yourself, it can be a prison. Oh, yeah, that's bad. I mean, it's a great place if you have good thoughts in your mind. It's a nightmare if you just keep repeating things over and over in your head. That's like, it's kind of like why when like you have a bad breakup with someone, they always tell you surround yourself with your friends so they put good positive thoughts in your mind. Otherwise, you're going to be thinking about how miserable you are until you know yeah. you can replace them. Yeah. Um, let's talk about environmental factors. Mm. And you, you touched on it with, with this being the Spanish Fork, high desert-ish kind of area, foothills, like rolling hills or, right. or mountains, you can consider them. Um, there, there's a lot more water here than most high desert sure. places. But um, when you plan for that in outside of the staples of survival, what are just some of the things that you add to complement this specific environment? Uh, a lot of sunblock, right? So ah, and, interesting. But, but sunblock, not in the form of what I'm carrying in the kit, the, what I'm going to be wearing, right? I'm going to have it like a neckerchief, uh, basically something like a scarf to put around my neck multi-purpose uh, if you look at cultures around the world right the shema right you look at the berbers you look at yeah uh, all the different stuff that they wear the rigs yeah exactly right why the, why is what is this culturally it's because if you have exposed skin like everyone thinks tropics or desert you wear shorts and t-shirts yeah but you're letting the sweat evaporate too quickly yes so if you wear long sleeves long pants if you cover up your skin if you if you are able to kind of trap in that moisture you're not going to have it uh, leave your body as quickly. Yeah, it's like watering your plants. If you water your plants in under direct sunlight, mm -hmm. it evaporates and it yep. doesn't get in there, and it actually can burn the plant because yeah. it's it's evaporating too fast. Yep. And I've it's but it's bizarre. To, I didn't really understand this concept until I started getting into endurance motorcycle racing. Yeah. But when you do when your skin's exposed, you start cooking. Yeah. But then you know you go to Iraq or Afghanistan and you go overseas and you're like, oh. The whole entire world wears long sleeves, yes. loose, loose wearing clothing. And uh, I've never understood that. Yeah. And the other thing is cotton, right? Cotton sucks in the wintertime. Cotton, yeah. when it gets wet, it loses all of its insulative properties or almost, almost all of its 
if I start wearing like all performance wear out there, right, like synthetics, that type of stuff doesn't always breathe well. It'll yeah. dry quickly, but what if I want to maintain cool body temperature? So I'm pretty much going to guarantee that one of my layers that I have out there, because I'll probably go with like a long sleeve shirt and a button up shirt, done. Uh, one of them will be all cotton. And that's the one that if I really get like crazy, crazy warm, I can soak that thing, put it on, and hopefully, I mean, knowing that terrain, it's going to get windy, that'll cool me down. Um, nighttime temperatures are gonna be like 60s, um, so I really don't plan on on sleeping too cold, although, you know, I can get by, I'll, I'll do what I gotta do. I will have a small one-person bivy sack, uh, an Adventure Medical Kit's bivy sack that I'm gonna use, but that's primarily just to block the wind more than anything else. Um, and if you guys have ever slept in one of those, it sounds like you're crumpling up a potato chip bag all night. So if you guys think I'm gonna be getting great sleep, maybe, um, that's something that I am bringing. I'm bringing some of those sleep supplements that, that we're creating. Oh yeah, yeah, Wolf 21, big shout out. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's underrated, right? Yeah. Like a lot of people think, hey, you know, oh, I'm gonna go survive in the woods. Well, the first night is usually the hardest. I don't care if you're a seasoned outdoorsman or a novice, it's not the same as, as home, but every night it gets better and better. Well, I wanna make sure that I'm productive during the daytime, so I'm gonna be taking those sleep supplements at night to ensure that I get a good night's sleep and I sleep through you know, the that part of the night. Um, and then during the daytime, I'm going to have vitamins with me because even though I am, I've done a 72 hour fast before you've got to maintain your, your vitamin intake or else you can get really sick. Um, so I've got those Kefaro supplement packs that have like fish oil and vitamin C and stuff Smart. like that. Yeah. Um, and then my, my absolute like dire last option. And this is something I just posted about last night is, uh, I've got these, uh, ghee and coconut oil packs that have like 250 calories in them and it's shelf stable and it's basically pure fat. So I can supplement all the plants out there with this like butter and basically like keep me going. Like it's not going to, it's not the entire caloric nutrition that I need to, to not lose weight, but it's going to slow down that process a little bit. Keep me going. Are you going to be in ketosis when you go? Oh, absolutely. I've been doing the keto diet for like the past seven weeks. Um, I may the night before, you know, crush a few donuts or something like that, yeah. but it, it will easily, I'll easily get back into that. And and quite honestly, like if you carry fat for the long run in, in the mountains, that's the best pound for pound investment that you can carry. Carbs suck. Um, you need to have salt. You need to have fat. Uh, carbs will help, but they're they're not my priority if I'm if I'm trying to save weight. Yeah, with pioneer like pioneer mm. living and even Native American cultures, they're carrying like different types of fats wrapped yeah. in preservation, whether it's salt yep. or uh, uh, what is it called a, a cured yeah wood cured. Is that is that the idea? Because you're harvesting all the fat and and the tri glycerides I assume, yes. as the new energy source. Right? Yeah. I mean, the Native Americans, they, they, many Native American tribes survived, or yeah, survived, <laughs> survived around the, uh, the harvesting of beaver, right? Mm. Because beaver has so much fat in it. And if you kill squirrels, you kill rabbits, they don't have any much fat content on them at all. So you can eat plants, but you do need to get all those triglycerides from, from the, the fat. Uh, and you're going to get that off of larger game. So yeah. That's that's the whole reason why, like the Thule, a lot of the Inuit, they went after whales because, I mean, you got a chunk of five pounds of blubber, and I mean, that's thousands and thousands of calories, and they would just eat it like that. I mean, I was in Norway, I tried some blubber, and man, you, it's it's an acquired taste, dude. Yeah, it's, I remember, it's not pleasant. I remember hearing the stories of uh, Ernest Shackleton, and, yeah, and um, when they were eating seal blubber, and the the 
the way they described the sill blubber because they could only take it in certain ways. Yep. Where it was just like fishy, oily, disgusting, yep. vile taste. And these dudes are starving. Yeah. Like when you're starving, everything that's bad tastes good. And even they were like, oh my gosh, I can't get past it. Yeah. And one of the things that I know people are going to ask about is, hey, why don't you try to kill, you know, some rabbits or some squirrels or doves? Like I've seen chuckers out there. They're super plentiful. They're out of season. Now, you guys have to understand something. Like, granted, Mike said he wears a lot of hats. I wear a lot of hats. I like being, you know, a survival instructor, but I also value my my life as a sportsman and I don't want to for the sake of entertainment right because a lot of this will be funny you're going to see me suffer um I don't want to I don't <laughs> want to funny I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to poach something lose my license right um and do something that I would consider unethical as a hunter so if I do take anything off the land it's going to be completely by the books and it's going to be a legal method um I may demonstrate if I find like some beer cans or something out there I may demonstrate how to make tools to harvest stuff that maybe we'll even get footage of but i mean i owe that to all the guys out there that are doing it the right way and you know I, i'm not going to do anything to, to jeopardize you know what we stand for here as a company and and what we're trying to promote uh, especially on the sportsman side of things yeah that's and that's the right answer uh, i uh, you know on the on the f the fat thing too mm. um i remember one of the episodes of alone yeah so when the guys who winded up bringing a, a bow a recurve he winded up killing two moose, yeah. and the, the I believe it was the first or second one, the a wolverine jacked all of his fat. Yes, and it was like a it was in a gallon, like basically a gallon jug that he had found because uh -huh. you, you could keep all the plastic and crap that you find off the terrain, and the wolverine jacked the entire thing. And I remember him saying something ridiculous, like it was it was like fifty thousand calories of yeah. fat that he lost. Yeah, but I remember also him uh, illustrating the point and even in hindsight on the podcast talking about how the meat wasn't enough mm -hmm. to keep him nu nutritionally uh, efficient and so what was happening is all of his bones were breaking down his yeah. joints his everything so he was hurting in pain and that fat which is also brain food was uh -huh. was what was what, what he needed and the meat basically and he was basically what is it the uh the carnivore diet. He was yes. eating a carnivore diet, and all of these things started happening bad. Which even Joe Rogan has said, you know, like he did one of the carnivore diet, and all this psoriasis and all this all the crazy crap started happening. Hey guys, this is Kevin from Fieldcraft Survival. Just want to quickly interrupt this podcast to talk about one of our sponsors that make this all possible, and these are the folks from Headspace. Now, one of our good friends here at Fieldcraft Survival, John Bliss, has been using Headspace for a while, and if you're wondering what it is. Uh, just think about this. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focused, act, or simply be better? Well, there is. And if you've got 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Now, John Bliss has tried Headspace to focus his energy and his work uh, over at our Fieldcraft retail store. And I will tell you that he is a machine. It's drastically imp uh, increases productivity. Um, he's has commented how it makes him feel healthier, happier, and simply more present, right? Like, I mean, it's so easy to get kind of wrapped up into your, your daily life. Well, if you want to check out Headspace, recommend that you go to headspace.com forward slash fieldcraft, and you will get a free one month trial. So uh, I think this might be something that you might want to check out. Um, we talk about survival psychology all the time. We talk about 
positive mental attitude and having the right mindset. And I'll simply say that the guys over at Headspace can help you get to uh, where you need to be and lead you in the right direction. So one more time, uh, the website is headspace.com slash fieldcraft, and you will get a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. Check it out, guys. I think you're gonna enjoy it. Yeah, so that guy, when he killed that moose, number one, uh, Jordan, I think his last name is Jordan. Jordan, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. what a stud. Like to this day, he's my favorite performer on that show. He killed that Wolverine with a hatchet. Yeah, that's he right. He freaking ran up to him and, and, and murked it. Uh, and then on top of it, uh, he was going through what's called protein starvation. Yeah. Right? So you can have as much protein as you want. And, you know, the rabbit starvation, protein starvation, very similar. It's the idea that you're not getting that that essential fat. Uh, the amazing thing with him was he goes, I think I need to get find some fat. Uh, I'm going to try my hand at fishing. I don't know if I'm going to have any luck. I'm going to make a fishnet. He ends up poking a hole in the ice, running a fishnet underneath the ice in a very, very traditional primitive way with like a crawler. And he catches this lake trout that's like 38 inches long. And it's like, yeah, you know, I wanna just say like, I wanna just try my hand at something and pull out a freaking fish like that, you know? So when he was, when he wrapped up that show, all the other contestants, uh, cause we're, we have a few affiliates uh, through them, uh, a few friends. Yeah, we interviewed number two as well. The, yeah. The female backup to that. Yeah, yeah Callie. Callie, Callie, yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, they said that he had food for days, like he, he was good to go. Uh, so, I mean, that, that guy is definitely my hero. I, I have the most respect for him in the world. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to have to suffer as much as he did on that in the next 72 hours that I do this thing. But, uh, I mean, it just goes to show you, like, you th- what you think is a blessing could actually be a curse. Um, I personally would rather have protein starvation than just straight-up starvation. Um, but... I mean, it just goes to show you, like, a lot of people think the food that you need is going to be like, oh, you're a backpacker, you have to have rice, pasta, you know, potatoes. It's, it's quite honestly, it's that fat, it's that oil, it's, it's those complex, complex carbs, all that, all that stuff all works into a balanced diet. You can't just live off of one thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What's the, um, what do you do for entertainment? Oh, Jesus. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do out there. I thought about making not a Wilson with a volleyball, but I yeah. thought about making like little, almost like, like the, those little like Haitian prayer dolls of all of you guys. <laughs> you know, I'll make a I'll make a half Asian one for you, and I'll Hell yeah. I'll make a I'll make a little one for for with a beard for Addison, and <laughs> you know, I I don't know um, for entertainment. I mean, I am bringing a slingshot band, so yeah. maybe I'll just set up what I can set up out there and shoot slingshot. Did you ever think about bringing um, deck of cards or something? No, what I'm thinking is there's something I've I've done it before. I can't remember the form factor which I've done it, but I like I was limited on space. And I couldn't even bring a book, so I brought pages of the book and folded it up. Oh, that's interesting. And and I, one of my buddies on this same it was a it was a course that we went through. It was a cover course. One of my buddies is it Sudoku? Yes. Yeah. He brought a whole bunch of those puzzles, but in paper, and he folded it up for entertainment. So I'm even thinking like. It's three days. Mm-hmm. You bring three different articles. It takes yeah. up almost no <laughs> yeah. real estate, but it's also tender, right? It's like right. it's things that you could light. So each day, you you read that portion of it, and then it you know provokes your brain, you know, making all these neural connections, and then you burn it as part of the process. Like I right. read it, and then it, you know, I, I, I the detriment for this challenge, which has been like this for me, and as a sniper, especially when doing long range ops where you're sitting there staring at like the side of a building and a window waiting for somebody to go- walk through it. it. It's just so monotonous and it mm-hmm. drives me insane because 
you're the same way as me. We have very active brains. Oh yeah. Got to be stimulated constantly. And then you're going from that to zero. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you're, you're literally staring at the dirt like it's discovery channel. You know, yeah. it's like, like, it's like you're like entertained by ants. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to have projects out there. Like I've already told myself I'm going to make a traditional like fish basket trap when I'm out oh, there. Cool. That'll take up a couple hours. I'm going to make a whole host of figure four traps, even though I'm not planning on trapping anything out there. I'm going to make them just to show like, Hey, in a given hour, this is what I could do. And then I could use that for the modern predator class when we teach that here uh, later in the month. Um, you know, I'm going to try to keep my mind occupied. I may bring a, a paper and a pen um, and write down article ideas or blog ideas. And, you know, folks obviously are going to want to know some of the, the highs and the lows. And I'm going to track that as best I can. Some of the stuff that I'll have with me, you know, will be for entertainment. Some is going to be for safety. I mean, that's something that, you know, we're never going to to throw that out the window. So I'll have a radio with me. I'll have my cell phone with me. I'll probably have a med kit immediately on hand because it is rattlesnake country out there. Um you know, I want to make sure that I can get the hell out of there if something does go horribly wrong, if, if things go sideways. Um, and I probably will have uh, my pistol on me just in case because it's also mountain lion country. Yeah. But, I mean, those are items that I'm not going to go into the first aid kit and get tape out of it and make stuff. It's like that's going to be there for emergencies only. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, and and I think we would be foolish if you were just be like, hey, Kev, go out there and we'll see you in three days. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like people have died doing that. Yeah. Preparation is key. Correct. Yeah. Um, you you're gonna go into it. Are you gonna do a, a baseline of like your weight or yeah? What what are some of the things that you look at based? Um, Austin and I were talking about this the other day. He said one thing that we should definitely do is we should take uh, regular blood sugar readings. Oh yeah, because he wants to know like when is it peaking, when is it low. Uh, take a, a baseline weight beforehand, which obviously like I'm going to. Uh, I mean I hydrate regularly and and you know I've got a. I make it a routine to drink like three or four of these Nalgene bottles every single day. So I'm going to go in more hydrated in the morning than I normally would be when I first wake up. Mm. Um, so my weight will probably be like two or three pounds heavier than usual. And some of it might be lost through water weight, but we'll keep track of like water weight. Um, they're going to check my temperature every so often because I mean, heat exhaustion, uh, you know, and heat related issues are real. So they're going to check it every so often, especially at the high points in the day. Um, but yeah, we'll, you know, and, and Nick, one of our photographers was like, Hey, I want to take a, a photo of your face at the beginning and a photo at the end. Yeah. And I'm like, damn dude, I'm going to bad ass. Yeah. I'm excited, man. Yeah. We're, we're, let's talk about, uh, the transition of doing this challenge in different environments. You got it. Let's say we do, let's say, and I'm just prompting you here. I know you are. <laughs> let, let, let's say we decided to do the same thing, but in, uh, potentially Alaska, mm-hmm. what, what changes and, and, and how does that affect your survivability? I mean, it depends on what area of Alaska. If we're talking coastal Alaska, oh my God. I mean, you now have to worry about massive predators, coastline predators. Uh, and depending on the time of year, I mean, you got to be super careful about that. Fishing tackle becomes paramount up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I fish in Alaska. Your standard size fish that you bring in there is a trophy size fish anywhere else in the lower 48. So, I mean, I would, I double down on the fishing stuff up there, depending on where I am. I mean, you're in a, in rainforest, essentially, I would probably try to sneak in a larger knife. I mean, I'm only bringing a Swiss army knife on this one. And maybe I got to talk to the guys at blade HQ tomorrow, but they, they might be hooking me up with a, a small fixed blade to bring. So I'm going to see about that, but I would try to make it very knife centric because I can do a lot with just the knife up there. Um, what you about know, cold, cold weather, mm. uh, sleeping. Or, or even Man. bunking down because 
I like that. I mean, I went to Ranger School in the winter. Yeah, and it was only it was the East Coast. It wasn't extreme, but even in Florida in yeah. winter phase, we had cold weather casualties. Yeah, you can do a lot with two trash bags, and we're actually looking into carrying a bright orange and a bright blue trash bag in our store because number one, bright orange for most of the year with the exception of autumn, it's the brightest thing you're going to find out in the woods. And during autumn, when everything is turning orange, the bright blue, like tarpaulin blue is going to be the brightest blue. If you have two trash bags, you can fill one with debris, with duff, with leaves or whatever. And you can make that something that you can sit on top of, right? And the other trash bag is something that you can put on top of you. And then that way you have something that you're sleeping essentially under and inside of. And then the one that you're sitting on top of, you know, fulfills your your shelter needs which is always taught you know in our courses as shelter iou something inside over and under so two trash bags i mean you can get by very comfortably in the winter time um you just need to have a fire so i would add even Ooh, more okay. fire starting components uh, are you hanging there. out a lot by the fire oh my god it's it's human rotisserie right like you warm up a little bit of your front when that your back gets cold you, you warm up your back i mean over three days, you can build a very substantial shelter. I mean, maybe you sacrifice one of the trash bags and you make it like a shelter liner to keep most of the water off, and then you build the rest with the debris. Um, but, I already, I already, I just something popped in my head, man. I, I don't know where the hell you're going to send me. I but. already know where it's at. In Montana, yeah, we have access to a ranch near uh, Big Timber. Yeah, and the reason it's called Big Timber is because the timber is huge there; it's massive some of the most amazing and beautiful country, but we have access to a couple thousand acres. And in the middle of it is, uh, not only is there native American culture and history everywhere, um, which is crazy. Cause they even mm -hmm. have places that are, um, uh, where they used to do the, the ceremonies, the, uh, vision quest yes. ceremonies. Those are there. Even the rings along the river, when it's wintertime and all the foliage dies, all the grass dies, you could see the outer ring, of the, the the hundreds of years that those teepees were in the mm -hmm. same place. And uh, in the middle of that, it's the best place to do this kind of challenge because it's the coldest I've ever been. It's the, I mean, it's like this frigid. Super, but I mean, when you look around, it's like, again, it's like National Geographic TV. Right. So your entertainment is just like, oh my God, you're awestruck when you're freezing your ass off. And that's going to be a 72 hour challenge. Yeah. And, and you, you talk about this being in the winter time, which limits the amount of available daylight you have. Like when Ooh, I do this next yeah. week, it's probably not going to get dark until 10 o'clock at night. Dude, it, it literally 10 o'clock last 10. night. I was like, it, there's still light out. I know I, I'm, I'm laying down and it's like nine 30 at night. I'm like, I just want to go to sleep and it's still bright out. Um, <laughs> so I'll be up at 10 and it gets bright at like 4.30 in the morning. I know, it's like super early. But it's the total opposite in the wintertime. Like the sun will go down at four and it won't come up until eight in the morning. Yeah. So yeah. that one will be probably the most challenging. Uh, I'd probably double down on a headlamp. Yeah. Are so you I taking can, a headlamp for the no. summer? Oh. No, because again, think about it. Like I'm when I went to Alaska the first time, there was 20, 21 or 22 hours of daylight. So my flashlight that I carried in Alaska the first time I went there was a little uh, triple A streamlight because I just needed to like screw around inside my tent. I had a weapon mounted light on my yeah. my 10 mil, um, but I didn't need a lot of flashlight with me. And I'd rather put stuff in my survival kit that I wore on a, a chest rig um, that the flashlight would have taken up. So I'm not bringing much of a flashlight. I might bring like a little LED squeeze light, Yeah, maybe. Um, I haven't even decided if I wanna do that, but I mean, I've spent you know nights in the woods without a flashlight. It's not terrible, it sucks. It's not have terrible. you checked Loom Cycle? No, because I think the loom. 
Oh, Psycho shit. just ended. I literally think he, <laughs> I think he'll be complete darkness. Yeah. So uh, for anyone listening, this started off as like, "Hey, Kev, when can you when can you do this freaking challenge?" I'm like, "I don't know, probably next month or whatever." And Mike's like, "Yeah, awesome." Then I get a text message. Yeah, you should do it within two weeks. And I'm like, "Okay, here we go." <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this one was planned out. And it, it, it was. And there's a. I don't know. Maybe th- maybe you'll do a, an exciting one in in the wintertime. I don't think. Look, like when I think. Uh, when I think fall, I think of like the most comfortable, like the most comfortable place you could be. In. Perfect time of camping. Perfect yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, the fire is making you warm and cozy, but yep. you can't. You don't need it. It's just the the cozy factor. So the survival factor isn't like a, a a thing. You know, it's like it's like oh, you could hang out in the ambient. Uh, temperature of your living room for 72 mm-hmm. hours you might as well just do the same outside because it's so perfect yeah and you know i think eventually when we when we start doing this more frequently maybe we'll open this up to some lucky i, I i'm going to use that term lucky with air quotes lucky listeners if they want to participate and maybe we'll document like 10 people doing the same thing and maybe we'll make it like a an effort to see who comes up with like the most creative kit who survives the whole 72 hours like maybe we'll rig up everyone and and, and make it kind of a challenge and at Ooh, the end. What, it would, you know what would be cool is just yeah. do, dude, what would be cool is just do a 72 hour challenge yep. and everybody brings their Ziploc bag, yep. they bring what whatever they want mm-hmm. and then you're in a campsite together. And there's a safety blanket there of like a heated tent with yeah. medics. Game. Yeah, but you could have the, the one fire where you all share the experience yes. together, but you're all living out of your bag. Yes. Ooh. Yes, that's coming up. Dude, I want to do that, but I'll have the rucksack. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have the RV and the camper yep. and the RV yep. camper. I'll be the safety though. I'll be cooking down. Like I'll cook upwind from you guys. Wait, is it downwind? Oh yeah, downwind. You'll smell it. Definitely, I want to be upwind so you can you can get a little oh, bit. Man. Of smell. And you know, I told Austin and those guys that they're not allowed to do that. They're they're like, oh man, we're gonna be cooking up this. We're gonna be grilling this and that. I'm like, you can't do that to me, man. Like that that's that's just doing me dirty. Like you can't do that. You gotta. You got to like bring in food that you're either going to eat inside your car or something. Cause I will smell that a mile away and it's just going to make me angry. Like in, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put on a happy face for this whole thing, but are well, you, what, what do you think is the worst case scenario in this? Worst case scenario is uh, probably heat exhaustion, dehydration, right? Worst case scenario could potentially be uh, some type of venomous bite. Yeah. Whether it's like a venomous spider, venomous snake. Um, I'm not too worried about cold. I, I don't think the cold is the issue. I'm not worried about hunger, right? Hunger is, is more pain than anything, and I can I can suck through the pain. Um, but I think the worst would be is if I can't regulate my body temperature, and we talked about this at lunch today, like it, then I'm set up for life to be more prone to yes. getting heat exhaustion. That's horrible, and I can't man. Have, as a trainer, I can't either. Yeah. I, as a trainer, I've got to be fit enough to haul students' asses off of a hill if they're sick. As a trainer, I've got to be fit enough to, to handle students so they get out of line. I can't let myself get to a point where I'm susceptible to the environment or else asset liability, right? Like yeah. I become a liability. Are you going to do any fitness routines? Is that a <laughs> Hell thing? No. Really? Fitness routine? My fitness <laughs> routine is going to be like carrying branches and, uh, You're like, Oh my God, it's so heavy. This twig is so dude, heavy. I, yeah, I, maybe I'll stretch, right? Because you know, with proper hydration, your, your muscles are like a good elastic when they're not hydrated. It's like a crusty, oh, like, yeah. crunchy elastic band. Yeah. So, Tears. Yeah. Yeah. And every morning, like I'm not 
planning on sleeping super well. I'll try to, but I'm going to stretch from, from my neck down to my toes and that will become part of the routine more stretching than anything. Cause yeah. it seems like as I get older, you know, I used to think like only strength was important. And then I went through a phase where it was like only cardio, but it's like, you need to have endurance, you need mobility. to have cardio <laughs> mobility. You have to have flexibility, like tenacity, right? You gotta, you gotta have grit. There's so many attributes, um, but what makes sense to to work out when you're just trying to trying to get by? Like all athletes will tell you, it's all about nutrition, and I don't have proper nutrition when I'm out there. So I don't want to I don't want to play Russian roulette with with doing burpees or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather I'd rather just do something that's productive, takes my mind out of the game a little bit, and then you know helps me along the way. That makes sense. Let's lastly talk about the. Um what are you going to wear from head to toe? Head to toe. Um, wearing a recce shirt. Definitely going to wear a recce shirt because... Why is that? Why is that? It's comfortable. It's loose. Um, it's bright orange. Airy. It's yeah. airy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to wear the bright orange one because if I venture away from camp, and let's say that I do pass out, I can't be wearing just muted colors and have these guys look extra hard for me. I want to make sure that I stand out. I'll be wearing uh, either a baseball hat or a wide brim hat. I already mentioned I'm going to have like the the scarf on, the neckerchief, a long sleeve shirt, probably cotton underneath that. Um, you know, poly pro boxers, a uh, pair of probably five eleven pants, pair of socks, and a pair of uh, jungle boots because they they're non Gore Tex. They'll let my feet breathe a little bit better. Oh, interesting. Foot routine is going to be part of it. Every, yeah. Like. Bearing feet, elevating oh feet, massaging feet. Yeah, Lieutenant Dan was onto something when he told you know Forrest to take care of his feet. Like that, I, one thing I love to do, but I'm not gonna have space in my bag to do it is put baby powder on my feet at night because it dries them out like crazy and it it, it just feels so damn good. Um, and then, I mean, aside from that, I'm not bringing a jacket because that's outside of like would I really carry that every day? Like in my bag now, I've got a, I got a windbreaker. I've got my scarf in there. I carry that every day to work, but I don't carry a puffy jacket. You yeah. know what I mean? Like in your pocket, you're not going to, yeah, yeah. You know, and, that, and that's the thing too. Like I know there are a lot of challenges out there and, and mad respect for the guys that, that go out and try these challenges. But you know, some folks that are going to say like, well, I carry this every single day. And it's like, no, you don't, you definitely don't carry that every single day. Yeah. Um, Everything that's in that Ziploc bag is inside the realm of possibility. Same thing with the clothing. Um, I mean, you could literally take that um, that Ziploc bag as is and yes. stuff it inside of your satchel, your everyday yeah. carry backpack or whatever yeah. it is. In, in this case, I have this front range American, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Fanny pack that uh, Evan Hafer designed. But I mean, that that's perfect for me because it has everything I need. Yeah. Survival, med, uh, defense. And it's a perfect size for me. That uh, that's almost the size of a Ziploc bag. It, it's like a grab. What you got there is like a grab and go bag. Yeah. Um. You know, like you could put that in your hotel room and take all your stuff out of your pockets, put it there on your nightstand. If something happens in the middle of the night, you got a boogie. You Snatch grab that. And grab, yeah. As opposed to like doing the layout, like the flat lay, where it's like, oh, I got to put this in here and that in there. Like, yeah. it's not a bad idea to carry like a small ditty sack, like a stuff sack, when you travel, and just put your stuff in that at the end of the night, like a like a valet, like a valet tray. Yeah. I love it, man. I'm excited about this because, uh, I, well, one, I think it's going to be a huge learning opportunity for not only us as a company, but also mm-hmm. for the the end user, right? Yes. I mean, when they see this kind of stuff, it provokes this. I, I'd love to see the line out of doing the follow-on podcast, number one, but the follow-on after action review uh, on video, but also the course. Yeah. I mean, a course is going to be so fun. Dude, yeah. you could have a hundred people do yes. that course. With and, us. and I'm already, I'm already planning it. Ooh. Uh, 
It's going to be good. I think that one I'm for excited. starters. Yeah. I mean, the desert is varsity level. Like yeah. the desert will kick your ass. Uh, yeah. And we are in a window to do it too, right? It's the summer version. You don't want to be doing it in August. <laughs> when it's like 120 degrees in the oh, desert. Oh, no, no, no. I, oh, trust me. I checked. July is the hottest month oh, in Spanish it? Fork. Ooh. Oh, yeah. You picked a great time for me. That's perfect. Um, perfect. But, but I'll, put, I'll say it this way. Like, I, my goal in doing this, obviously, I mentioned before, I'm trying to honor my, my late mentor. But the second thing is I'm trying to inspire you guys because I'm just a guy, right? I'm just a dude. No special background or anything like that. I just have a lot of determination, willpower. And, you know, I've got training and a, a few kit items. If I can do this, there is no reason you can't. And here's the thing. When we do run that class, when we've got however many people all doing this together, there's absolutely no shame if you say, I can't do this. Just show me how. That's what you're there for, right? And a lot of people get that, that have that misconception where they're like, everyone's going to laugh at me. No, they're not. You will find that in a lot of these courses, when someone can't do something perfectly, there's like five people in not even including the instructor, they're like, hey man, I'll show you how to do that, that's cool. Yeah. There's no shame, like we're yeah. all in this together. It's, it's, a, it's a group effort. And that's what I love about that, Hell like yes. the community thing of, hey, I'm the instructor and I'm living out of my Ziploc bag as well. Yes. We're, just, we're, just, we're doing this together and if there's things that are wrong, we could correct those and figure out ways to navigate it as a group, as a collective, because it doesn't have to be a suck fest, it could be a learning experience and I think I think, man, could be one of the most impactful learning experiences that we run. Yeah. I love it. Let's finish off this podcast with, just tell us a little bit about your mentor. Oh yeah. So, so Marty, uh, Marty Simon was my mentor. Uh, he passed away last year, uh, shortly before you called me. Um, I remember actually being on the phone with you saying, you know, back in the day, Marty was a, was a Vietnam veteran, army survival instructor. And he gave me, you know, a random civilian guy, a chance to be a survival instructor at a survival school. A month later, after Marty passes, here's another army guy giving me a chance to be a survival instructor mm. at a survival school. And I'm like, man, the world work or the universe works in weird wow, ways, right? That's crazy. And Marty did a full career in the military uh, as a survival instructor. He was in the infantry, Vietnam veteran. When he left the military, he worked a number of jobs from like leather craftsmen. He's the one that taught me how to make leather sheets and whatnot, holsters. Uh, he worked in a cheese factory, but then he found that there were guys that wanted survival skills training and they were pilots, commercial pilots. So he started the wilderness training center, the WTC. And then he found that somehow he wanted to, to change the name or maybe there was someone else using that. So he called it the wilderness learning center. Mm. And that school ran from like 1984 till 2012. Wow. And he only had uh, like a, a couple of guys that he considered certified survival instructors. Like there's no governing body to say that you're a survival instructor, but when someone vouches for you and like says, Hey, he's, he's good to go. Like that's a big deal. So it was myself and Bobby Plude. Um, those were the only two guys that he ever certified and Marty eventually passed away from cancer. Ooh. Um, you know, he lived a, a very rich life. Um, I can say that he's, you know, he's probably now with his son who also passed away from cancer and the guy was super influential, edible and medicinal plants expert, um, total force to be reckoned with. I mean, he carried a 357 Magnum everywhere. Like you gotta, you, you can't screw with a dude that carries a revolver <laughs> and like, and his hand, his hands were like, like bananas, you know, you shake his hand and I mean, the, the dude, the dude built his own house in his seventies. Like, oh wow. I, I mean, come on. I mean, the, the guy was seriously, he, he loved, he loved the way that he lived. Uh, his wife, Aggie, uh, such a sweetheart. Um, 
yeah, that that's something that like I'll never forget the lessons that that guy imparted on me. And in many ways, when I teach and you know I bring in guys like like Jerry, Jerry learned from Marty. I'm trying to bring in guys that you know Marty would say they're good to go too. You know what I mean? And and that's how when I teach, there's a lot of humor, there's a lot of joking around, a lot of ball busting. But Marty would always say things like, "If I'm not making fun of you, I don't like you." So I make fun of everyone. Um, nice. And you know, I'll, I'll simply say this: the the guy left an incredible legacy, and I'm very proud to to continue carrying it on. Yeah, you're you're doing that right now with uh, our company and uh, even this challenge. And it's a, a cool tribute to, to your mentor, Marty. I'm excited about it, man. I'm excited for you and um, looking forward to the after action when you come out of the field. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's going to be a lot of lessons learned. Hopefully we can get your blood sugar up so you could yeah, be coherent. I'm telling you, man, I, I will probably crush six cookies before we make it back from, from Spanish Fork. You, you're going to come out of the field <laughs> and have ten, gain 10 pounds. I'm like, what? We didn't, you didn't weigh him after, the, <laughs> after he came out of the field before he went to the cookie store? Oh, my God. It's going to be awesome, man. I'm looking forward to it. Kevin Estella, uh, the 72-hour Ziploc uh, survival challenge. Here we go. Thanks, man.